and welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast number 80. I'm here with Alice. How are you, Alice? I'm okay. How are you, Al? I'm good, thanks. We haven't got any Merlin here this week, though. Nope. So we're both crying, aren't we? Oh, so sad. (laughs) Well, it's still a really exciting time to be into metal. We still have Tool on the front cover. Their record was obviously out last week. You've probably been jabbing it over the weekend. If you are into Tool and all things Tool, take a look at our new issue. We've got a massive cover interview with them. We've got a special bonus Tool magazine that tells you all about their early years and goes through loads and loads of their songs. We kind of picked our favourite ones. And there's loads more stuff in the issue as well. We've got a ton of bands in there. We have got Volbeat, Three Teeth, Sacred Reich, Slipknot, Killswitch Engage, everything. Loads and loads and loads. Just tons of metal. Yay! (laughs) All the metal. (laughs) Yeah, it's just more metal than you could possibly think. Even the story behind Party Hard by Andrew WK. One of my favourites. Are you into that? I mean, I quite like him. I like, I enjoyed his column. Yeah. <laughs> what was it on? It was on like... Village Voice? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's got a lot of good life advice. If I'm ever feeling a bit sad, I like to put on Party Hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go and pick up our tool issue for everything tool. All tool, all the time. Tool. Tool. <laughs> cool. Well, what else is going on this week, Alice? Um. Well... There's a massive tour alert. <gasps> I was really Lots excited when tours. this was announced. Um, so Lamb of God uh, touring, headline tour, I believe, um, with Creator and Power Trip. So that's pretty cool. So excited. It's called the State of Unrest Tour, isn't it? Yes. Sounds crazy and volatile. But they've got, I think it's like five dates ending at Brixton Academy, which is going to be massive. They obviously, Lamb of God played Download this year. Mm-hmm. Um, last year they played on Slayer's final UK tour with Obituary and Anthrax. And then in 2015, they did a co-headliner with Megadeth. Um, but this is kind of the first in a good few years that they've come over and done like a special kind of Lamb of God headlining tour. And Creator as well. That's going to be so good. It is, yeah. Uh, and power trip it's yep. just gonna be like quite a mix but all, all very yeah very <laughs> well lamb of god on thrash no. but they're still very energetic aren't they yeah it's gonna be like a thrash warm-up to a lamb of god cherry on a huge metal chocolate cake that's what i'm thinking yep. of it'll be good it will be good and also uh hoping lamb of god have new music out by then as well because they've got new drummer now art crews and they've posted about doing pre-production, starting on a new album. So I'm keeping all my fingers crossed. Yes. Are you and I'm a good fan? Don't know if I've ever asked you. Um, not massively, no. Well, I'm going to change that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen them a few times, I think. I'm going to make you a big Lamb of God playlist so mm-hmm. that you're just going to get all the <laughs> Lamb of God in your ears from now until April. So you'll have to enjoy it. All right. Uh, loads of weird news this week actually this is a super super weird story do you want to tell it it's just so weird well yeah all right then Uh (laughs) (laughs) come on Alice Uh, yeah so um Ozzy Osbourne is appearing on the new post Malone album whoever the fuck that is um (laughs) we'll get into that in a second what else can you tell us um the album's called Hollywood's Bleeding um, and it's coming this Friday. So not long and we can hear that abomination. Um, <laughs> it'll also feature future Halsey, Tra- Travis Scott and Young Thug. Yes, those guys. Yeah. You can't say that without laughing, can you? <laughs> I don't know who the fuck any of them are. I mean, <laughs> that is totally fair. And probably those people listening won't know either. But Post Malone is actually massive. So mm-hmm. just headlined Reading and Leeds probably know the song rockstar even if you don't realize rockstar featuring 21 savage um that's been all over so even if you've not engaged with any form of popular culture you'll have probably heard that song um his last album debuted at number one in the billboard chart the uk chart beer bongs and bentleys that sounds up your street alice wow beer bongs and bentleys wow. and it's collaborated with people like justin bieber and lord so this is pretty crazy, but yeah. if you dig into it a bit further, Post Malone does have a sort of metal background. So he, his dad apparently introduced him to Megadeth and Metallica. 
he was in a hardcore band and at one time he auditioned for Crown the Empire apparently but was rejected after his string broke so that's the thing mm. so he kind of seems to have like sort of metal and rock roots and is sort of now he's a rapper so I guess in some way it's not too weird but oh, it's still weird Ozzy Osbourne metal legend appearing on yeah I don't really know record. how that's gonna work like with the his voice and I don't understand how it's gonna work I feel the same like you listen to Post Malone and he's got like very languid vocals and it's kind of it is that sound that's really popular right now yeah and it's kind of really sort of laid back and it's just gonna be super weird having Aussie come on and just be Aussie I, I can't get my head around how it's gonna work no I don't know I have no idea like is he gonna come on and do like is it gonna sound is the song gonna sound like do me is it gonna have the bit in it that's sort of like a homage to Ozzy Osbourne or is Ozzy just going to come in and is it Ozzy going to rap? I don't know. Oh no. I don't know. I don't know. I just can't imagine it. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming this Friday so we'll be able to find out and then talk about it next week. Yeah. Again, if you look at that future, that's fine. He's a rapper. Halsey, she's mainstream, can kind of see that. Travis Scott and Young Thug but Ozzy Osbourne. So weird. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your review, Alice. So oh. as soon as you wake up on Friday, I want a text message. <laughs> I want a text message of you listening to the Aussie track and giving me your review. Okay. That will make me happy. <laughs> um, other new releases. Alice in Chains' William Duvall is doing a solo album. It's called One Alone and it's coming on October the 4th. So obviously Alice in Chains, William Duvall, um, you know, you'll be really familiar with him because he's been in the band for a few albums now three albums i think so yeah i think it's three isn't yeah it? um obviously they reformed um a number of years after lane staley the original vocalist died um and they kind of came back with will and it was like a big comeback and people were wondering how it was going to sound and will kind of fits into the lineup really well and has been really accepted and they kind of moved on um but he's doing a solo record now and he says, I felt the need to peel everything back. This album is strictly one voice, one guitar. It reveals the very core of who I am as a singer, guitarist and songwriter. But we were having listened to the single, weren't we? Yeah. What do you reckon? Um, I'm not that impressed from the first single. Why honestly. not? I just found it quite... There wasn't like a real hook to it. There wasn't like something that was that really grabbed me about the song. It was just kind of like a little repetitive and boring. And that's kind of disappointing because I really love like stripped back acoustic stuff. But yeah, I wasn't really that into it. It didn't sort of, there's there's some acoustic music that will really just like grab you and will just get you by the, the heartstrings kind of thing. And it's just like, wow, this is really good. Didn't really feel that. But you're a massive Alice in Chains fan as well because we've kind of sort of clashed over this before because we both love Alice in Chains, but you're not as keen on William's era, are you? No. No, but like, I, that's completely... I'm not saying this from a like Alice in Chains point of view because it sounds nothing like Alice in Chains. I was really surprised, actually, because I feel like I know his voice pretty well now from listening to Alice in Chains over and over and over again and then like over again some more. But I feel like if you played me the song, I would struggle to know that it was him because it almost sounded like, I don't, I don't know, just like in a different register. It sort of felt slightly higher. The pacing was so different to what you get on an Alice in Chains song. So it's really hard to wrap your head around that. And yeah, it's acoustic. So it's kind of quite gentle and free flowing. And I really think I would have struggled to say that it was William unless I was told it's really quite a change from what I thought it would be. So I'm not sure at the moment. I'm just kind of waiting to hear more because I really love what he's done with Alice in Chains. So I was really excited about this and I'm just not sure if it's for me. So I don't know. I'll find out in October, I guess. But mm. it's kind of cool he's doing something else. You know, he's super, super talented. And he has written songs on the Alice in Chains records as well I think Black Kiss Way to Blue he kind of just came and sang on it but since then he's contributed more and more so he's clearly got a lot 
to say. So yeah, I'm intrigued. I think I'm going to go with that. That's my verdict. Hmm. Fair enough. So um, next in the news is another tour. <gasps> so many tours. This is great because after all the festivals, it's a bit like, oh, I want to go see some more bands. I've yeah. seen no bands this week and it feels weird. I haven't either, which is sad. Yeah. But there's loads and loads coming up, including this one, which is at the gates, headline tour. Um, so we've announced a, um, a European tour, including a couple of UK dates, which I'm super excited to go to. Yeah, you're a big fan as well, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and it, it kicks off in December and features support from Neville... No, I can never say the name. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Nevelheim. Nivelheim. Is it, is it Nevelheim or is it Nivelheim? Is 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 a V sound? Nivelheim, Nivelheim, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> if I just do it in like that accent, then just I like a odd Scandinavian <laughs> accent. Just pretend that that's exactly how it should sound. I liked it though; it was good. Um, and deserted fear, which is a lot easier for me to say. Yeah, and also it's two words. It kind of breaks up the syllables, yes. you know, which is easier to process. Yes. What are we thinking about this tour then? Awesome. We've got some like uh, Swedish death metal, Swedish black metal, and then Deserted Fear. <laughs> Do we know anything about Deserted Fear? Not really. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, well, just give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> one job, Alice. One job. Hey, okay, I knew the other ones. At the gates, though, <clears throat> I'm really excited to see them play because I really enjoyed the record they put out last year. Was it To Drink from the Night Itself? I thought it was pretty cool and it featured really highly in our end of year poll. And in our readers poll as well, we did online, it was like in the top 20 in that one as well. So I think like a lot of people were really into it. It was just a really good, solid record. Like loads of hooks and it's good. They're good for that. I think they're like, yeah, considering they're a death metal band, there aren't many death metal bands that are really, really like, they've got really, really good hooks. And that's kind of, what they've always been good at is that kind of mm-hmm. melody um melodic death metal yes uh-huh. um and yeah i'm excited go on then tell us about deserted fear all right so they are a death metal black death metal so black into death metal band from germany um and they've been going for 12 years <laughs> Well, we need to do some educating, don't we, on Deserted Fear. Yeah, so we're going to have a little look on a streaming service. We need to be prepared for when they come over so we can be down the front. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's awesome news. Can't wait for that to come around. We've got some reader questions. Yes, straight on to the reader questions. Straight on to the reader questions. Um, So, first one is from Matt Heeks um, and he says over the past few weeks you've talked about embargoes on albums and news about bands I'm sure we all get the principle of it but can you go into any detail about them does it prevent you from talking about just specific things or the band as a whole and what happens if you break the terms of it Mm, interesting question so yeah I guess the first thing is we probably should explain what an embargo is just in case people don't know that's when a label comes out or anybody, you know, comes out and says, asks you not to talk about something before a certain date. So in our case at Metal Hammer, there might be an album release and we'll be contacted by the band's PR representatives and they'll say, we don't want anybody talking about this album until X date or we don't want any reviews published until X date. Or it could be that there's a news story about a tour or a band member change or whatever it is and they know that it's coming and they want you to put it up or publish it, but not before a certain date. So it's basically from their point of view, it's part of controlling the artist's campaign. It's how they manage the flow of information that comes out about the band. And we, it's kind of one of those things where just having an embargo, it isn't like there's a legal obligation there. If somebody kind of says, hey, you know, we want to put this um, information about the album out there. Can you hold off until tomorrow or whatever? You know, we're kind of happy enough to do that because it's uh, sort of, um, it's part of the news 
I guess in journalism terms, you'd call it like a diary story, whereas an off-diary story would be something exclusive that we break. A diary story is something that is scheduled and you know is happening. So say, for example, Lamb of God, they've got an album that they're working on at the moment. If we hear that the Lamb of God album is coming out on a certain date in February, they might say, oh yeah, this is happening, kind of here's a heads up about it, but we don't want you to talk about it until this kind of date. And that's fine, you know, we're kind of happy to do that and um, not reveal that information. But if it was something really, really, really serious, we might reveal the information anyway. It would totally be like a call on what that story would be. But if something like an album release, it's kind of sort of nat like normal practice that we would kind of do that. Um, there are obviously more serious restrictions sometimes. It's more rare, but we talked about it in the current talk of a feature plug mm-hmm. for magazine so with that there was a lot of very high security around tool and we actually had to sign an nda for that one which meant that we had signed a document saying that we wouldn't talk about what the track listing was or the title was or anything like that and if we did reveal that confidential information we would be fined so obviously that is a legal document so the penalty of breaching that is that then we can be fined for revealing that confidential information. And again, it's one of those things that we would look at and weigh up as to whether we wanted to sign it or not, and whether we wanted to go through with it. But if you do sign a legal document, you are bound to that document. So it's something that you have to take very, very seriously. So I guess that's kind of embargoes in a nutshell. It's usually kind of fairly normal sort of information that the label is releasing that they give us a little bit in advance so that we could prepare a news story for online or so we can do some research before we interview somebody and it's just kind of you know here's the research so that you know what you're working with but we don't want it out in the public domain um as i said if it was kind of a breaking news thing or an exclusive um that's different that's kind of information we found out ourselves or um you know something a bit more serious that we might choose to run and then, yeah, if we've signed a legal document, then um, we're bound to the terms and conditions. So <laughs> you're going to have to go with that. But it's really kind of like, yeah, a sort of case by case thing. And we decide what is best for us and what is best for the magazine before we agree to anything or sign anything. And yeah, just kind of depends on how it works, really. Got anything to add, Alice? We just kind of went off on one about legality. Um, no, that was cool. I th- yeah, I think you were pretty comprehensive. It's interesting. <laughs> we have a company lawyer as well, which is really good because we've all uh, had law training, but it's also good to just turn to a grown-up law person and mm-hmm. go, what do you think about this? Could I get in horrendous trouble if I sign it? What does it mean? You know, yeah. It's always good to have advice from a pro because um, at the end of the day, we just kind of like listen to music. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do another reader question. Yes. And I'll try not to talk for too long this time. Let's see. Okay. We have a question from Elliot Lever. Uh, he says, the Knock Loose and Stray from the Path Tours in December have joined forces for one bumper night in Bristol. Which two gigs from your past did you have to choose between that you wish could have been combined into one massive show. This is so cool. So basically, these two bands who are going to play on the same night, Mm -hmm. instead of playing their own shows in Bristol, they've actually booked a bigger venue and moved the tours into this one show so that if you're fans of both bands, you get to see both bands and you don't have to pick between them, which is so awesome. I love the idea that they've done that. Yeah, it's good. Um, they've just merged them together and upgraded the venue, basically. So shout out to Not Loose and Straight From The Path because it means you don't miss your favourite bands. Mm-hmm. No, it's a cool idea. And it w- it would work, obviously, if, if you're similar bands or if you feel like there's a, you know, common thread there. Definitely. So Elliot wants to know which two gigs from our past do we have to choose between that we wish could have been combined? What do you reckon? So I genuinely can't think of any that I've had to choose between. You've never had to choose between bands? No, because like I, I lived somewhere where it was like, well, that that's far away, so... Where did you live? I lived in Cardiff. 
kind of has loads no of it doesn't it has so many vans maybe more now but when i was growing up they had hardly any we'd always have to go to bristol i feel like it's always on the gig list really didn't have that many like occasionally in the um oh what is it like we'd have a um not a stadium an arena like in the arena we'd have some of the bands like big bands but we wouldn't get anything there were loads and loads and loads of stuff that wouldn't come to Cardiff it would always just come to Bristol oh sad times well do, are there any bands in Bristol where you just wish you could have seen two at the same time I don't I just can't think of any that have clashed oh I definitely there are clashes I think the most recent clash for me was technically it's not the same location but please allow me because the genres are very similar mm. it's like what you were saying Alice about kind of having that common thread because sometimes you like two bands that are completely different. So yeah. to put them on the same bill, like the fans probably wouldn't really be into it. Yeah. But I was really good. Um, obviously, I've gone on and on on the podcast about how much I love the Ramstein show in Milton Keynes and how it was literally my favourite show of the year. And it was amazing. And I was obviously always going to go to that Milton Keynes Ramstein show because love Ramstein. Not going to miss their new album tour never gonna happen but it was a little bit gutting because at the same time in london on the same day it was ministry supported by three teeth obviously ministry massive industrial legends and three teeth who we've got on the new issue of metal hammer yeah kind of upcoming industrial band yeah they and they're all similar though like the ramstein are industrial as well yeah. it's like yeah and i'm pretty sure these bands have played together in some other combinations before so it was really upsetting because Ramstein Ministry and Three Teeth would have been the best bill and Ramstein instead was supported by the piano duo who played piano versions of Ramstein songs and that was cool like it was a novelty and I was really near the little mini stage and I really enjoyed it but Three Teeth Ministry and Ramstein like that is a party an industrial metal party and I would have been here for that so you know Ramstein are never gonna do the amazing combining show thing that l not loose and straight from the path have simply because the scale of it is that that would literally never happen but in my dream world mm. it would have happened that would have been my actual dream yeah would you go to that gig um for ministry probably i oh, really you're a ministry fan? yeah i quite like ministry what do you like about ministry I don't know. I just quite like them. I like some industrial stuff. I like Fear Factory. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, slightly, slightly on the different end of the industrial spectrum, but like, mm -hmm. obviously I love Fear Factory as well. What's your favourite Fear Factory record? Um, Demanufacture. That is, that is the classic Fear Factory record. <laughs> Although as a child of new metal, I was well into Digimortal and I still stand by that. <laughs> What else have we got from the reader questions? We've got a question, actually, about the Post Malone album. Yes, we do. Go on, Alice. Um, so what do you guys think about the news that Ozzy Osbourne is set to make an appearance on the new Post Malone album? I think we've already covered that, but... <laughs> I think it's great to see Post Malone acknowledge his appreciation for heavy music, but can't help but think that a younger, more current metal artist would have benefited from such exposure. If not Ozzy, who would you have liked to have seen featured? And that's from Tom Byrne. I think it's Byrne, ba yeah. Yeah, Byrne, Byrne. Yeah, so yeah. Post Malone album. So who would we have on it if not Ozzy Osbourne? And would we have like a younger metal voice on it rather than kind of Ozzy, who's obviously a well-known figure already because yeah like we said post malone he's massive like absolutely he's a festival headliner got number ones like in different countries collaborated with massive names literally everywhere like one of the most you know one of the biggest rock i want to say rock star but can you say rock star i don't know mm. but one of the biggest musicians out there um just huge and so yeah would there be sort of younger metal bands or metal vocalists we'd want to see kind of given that platform I guess yeah would you reckon I don't know what would quite fit with him so hard isn't it because it's just so just alien to me 
also just again that vocal style that we're talking about. Yeah. It's so hard to see how it's going to gel with Ozzy that it's really hard to wrap your head around. Maybe Fred Durst. <laughs> Fred Durst for the young up and coming metal bands. No, just <laughs> for the Fred like, Durst. just for the like, you know, the lulls like rap against each other. I don't know. I do like the idea of the culture <laughs> clash that would represent. <laughs> like this is real American hip hop. Well, you know what I mean? And this is from the streets. Yeah, if Post we really... Malone would be more like urban, like and Fred Durst would be more the like American y like white trash kind of oh, hip hop. No, he's he's not really, but his like character on stage is the quite, red, you know. The red cap. Gets yes. the rap from his critics, you Alice. <laughs> Um, he puts on the, he puts on the hat and he's a different guy though. That would be weird. Um, just from two very different worlds and two very different eras, but I could see that working. And also, I would quite like to hear that because I think there's probably like a whole generation now who wouldn't even know who Fred Durst was, and it'd be quite funny to sort of see people kind of discovering that yeah. who only know Post Malone. So I think that'd be quite interesting. In a really weird way. And I'd love to see what they'd sing about as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. For this one, like, my most obvious go-to was Ollie Sykes. But I just feel like that's really obvious. And I don't necessarily even mean style-wise. I just kind of mean almost that Ollie Sykes would get what Post Malone does. Mm. And would adapt to that. Because Bring Me have adapted more and more to the mainstream. And they brought in you know electronics different styles of music they've gone more yeah they've gone more mainstream and chart friendly if you want to use that term so i feel like they could easily like ollie could easily do something on a post malone record that would sound not out of place for lack of a better way of expressing it it would sound like it was meant to be there and like he's very good at understanding the zeitgeist and he'd know what kind of thing would work on there um and him and jordan fisher really sort of talented when it comes to that of like knowing what works and knowing what people want to hear like right now but it yeah it feels very obvious to pick him because I think like out of everyone in heavy music he's the sort of best fit that I could think of and then I was kind of that sort of led me to like thinking of what else is out there in terms of young bands and Scarlord I think would be another obvious one mm-hmm. um because he's kind of doing the whole trap metal thing like blending trap and metal together and He's got like one foot in that world where he sort of comes from heavy, but he also understands the rap side of thing. And again, he's very plugged into what's happening now. Like um, he just releases like tons of singles and is good at knowing like what is catchy and what is hooky and what people will latch onto. I think that would be a really like interesting collaboration to see and something that could work. And then... Yeah, in terms of other like younger metal bands, I guess we got like some from Architects maybe that could be quite interesting, but Yeah, maybe something more proggy would work. And also something I was thinking something more like dark, like dark wavy, like the more sort of melodic stuff because it's quite chilled and maybe he could do something with that with his like chilled rapping. Do you Did know you what I mean? Call Sam from Architects prog. Did I hear that right? Something more proggy, techy, whatever. What? Okay. <laughs> just going to park that over techie, there. Techy then. going to park that over there and walk away because I'm just not going to agree with that techie. at all. Techy, it's kind of no, techy. No, I'm not going to agree with that at all. So yeah. I'm just they gonna, are kind of techy. But in terms of what did you say after that because I got sidetracked with my outreach um, <laughs> <laughs> what did you say though I said that um something oh, more synth-way. like dark synthy synth-way. yeah like yeah okay. that kind of stuff yeah so like maybe a bit of like a perturbator type thing yeah like something yeah that's more not necessarily metal but like yeah. has its roots in metal so like something that's more, more like atmospheric or like even like post black metal or dark synth or that kind of stuff. I feel like I could kind of see Perturbator in that role, like sort of in that kind of like if it had a baby with Post Malone, the baby would be a mix of it and it could kind of all blur into like a different mm. thing. But I think like jamming it together wouldn't work. But if there was some kind of halfway house between the yeah, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got any artists in mind? No, not really. I was thinking that maybe like a female artist, like Chelsea Wolf or something like that. Yeah. 
she, yeah she could she could do the laconic thing she could do the kind of like she's got one of those sort of like quite rich soulful voices especially on the acoustic material and she could kind of do something that was more like laid back and rich that maybe would kind of work over the top of it but yeah again like the culture clash Chelsea Wolf and Post Malone that would be so weird that just two completely different separate worlds and separate aesthetics but I could kind of see it working in a really mm. weird sort of a way but I don't know I kind of I love collaborations between artists you wouldn't think would go together so I'm kind of down for any of it really hmm that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Well, that was something. So, oh, here's a good one from Trent Swindles. Fear Inoculum, the new tool record, in case you've been like away somewhere on Mars. Fear Inoculum goes on a bit, doesn't it? Still listening to it? Yeah, because it's that long. So, did you listen to Fear Inoculum? <laughs> you, obviously, we talked about it on the podcast before. Me and Merlin had gone to hear the record a couple of times at the record label um, to sort of get a feel of it and I interviewed them for the cover so I needed to be able to kind of talk to them but it's one of those things where we were talking about with embargoes earlier it's very very unusual that we would go to a label to hear a record a limited number of times and not have a copy of it to listen to a lot before we saw them but so we kind of had a heads up on it but Alice you hadn't heard it at all had you? Um, not until like the day before so what do you think as a newcomer? A newcomer? Yeah, a newcomer to the Tool record. Oh, um, it was Tool. <laughs> it, it is. It just, it just sounded like I can't really distinguish what that from what I used to listen to as Tool. Okay, so I mean they have evolved quite a lot and it is the first time they've done longer songs continuously, like the whole album... You're kind of looking at things over the 10 minute mark. And they say in our cover feature on sale now that they, Danny was sort of a little bit worried about them doing this way and going down this road because he didn't know whether it would isolate some people and whether they'd still, you know, be able to appeal to um, everybody kind of on this level with going down this route of longer songs. But I think it really works because the whole record is balanced like that. It's balanced with the longer songs. You sit back, you listen to it, you absorb it. Like without sounding really pretentious, it's kind of one of those records where different things come up on every listen and you just, you know, every time you listen to it, there's another little bit that stands out or there's a little bit that you recognise from the previous listen that you suddenly kind of pick up on and connect to. And it is kind of one of those things I think you have to sort of luxuriate in a bit more and like really wrap your head around so yes Trent it does go on a bit but I am still listening to it I I was worried at the weekend that I'd worn it out by having it on repeat but um I think I'm still okay and I'm back into it and um I also got on when was it I want to say yesterday I got through the post the CD from America which costs 80 pounds wow 80 pounds yeah but guess why it costs 80 pounds why because it's got the tv screen in it oh my god what so we talked about this last week but maybe you've forgotten i don't know it has a tv screen in it it does yeah so it's a special edition 80 pound cd it's a cd like sort of cardboard digipack style sleeve so you open it out so you've got three cardboard squares in front of you you know you kind of pull open the front cover and it's three sections in front of you and the middle section has got a small screen that has visuals on it and like um music yeah and it's alex gray's artwork alex gray obviously um we interview him the new issue and he talks about all his previous work with tool he's a long-time collaborator mm -hmm. a psychedelic artist who had psychedelic visions as when he was in his 20s and has made his career from exploration of psychedelic art and mm -hmm. he's done the new visuals for the Tool album and the screen kind of shows these visuals developing so there's the eye symbol which they've used before Alex Gray's eye and it kind of swirls around and different things happen I'd say it's probably about five minutes or so five to ten minutes but I haven't timed it I was just kind of like absorbed in it and you open it and you watch this video and hear this music and I had this really weird experience where I was watching it and I took out on the left side it's got the lyric booklet so I took out the lyric booklet had a look at the lyrics 
and kind of it's got pictures of the band like paintings of mm-hmm. them and overlays it's really nice it's like super arty so I had a look through that and I was like oh wow like this is really cool and then I thought what's on the other side in the other cardboard pocket and looked inside it and it was a cd <laughs> and I just totally forgotten that a cd came with a thing that I was holding yeah I was just completely like focused on looking at everything else and it was almost like the cd when i pulled that out i was a bit disappointed because i was like oh this bit doesn't do anything (laughs) (laughs) it's like the middle bit moves the other bit has like a shiny booklet with loads of things in and this bit just has a cd and it's a very again the cd is in like another cardboard sleeve and it's very pretty but i was like oh like sort of the worst bit about this cd package is the cd yeah which is a really weird place to be coming from for a special edition (laughs) cd but Obviously, in this day and age, you just listen to it streaming, and it obviously the yeah. CD comes with a download promo code. So even if you didn't stream, you would download it. And the CD just almost felt like an afterthought. It's like, oh yeah, it comes with a shiny disc. That's cool. So I don't know. It was weird. Like eighty pounds is so much money, and I feel almost like you're paying for the idea rather even than the execution because. It did feel exciting just sitting there with it in my hands because I knew it was coming in the post. And it, yeah. it, just, it was the excitement of not knowing what it was going to do. It was almost like how I talked about with Ramstein in another podcast, how it was just like when they came on, you just didn't know what was going to happen. And it's just really nice to be surprised like if you don't know what something's going to do. Like probably after the first few times of kind of having it in your hands and the tactile sensation and watching the clip and stuff the novelty wears off when you're like, oh yeah, it's just another thing, you know, and a very expensive thing. But actually that thing of like having it in your hands and being excited by it, like for me, the excitement of that was real. I genuinely was like, what's going to happen? What's going to be in the video? And uh, I think probably because I'd waited for it all day as well because it arrived just as I was leaving for work. So I didn't get to see it until the end of the day. I don't know why I didn't bring it in, but I just waited. So (laughs) yeah, um, to answer your question, Twent Swindles, yeah, I am still listening to it, but lots <laughs> and lots of times. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it has just grown on me and I do really like it. And I think it is different to early days tool, but I think given the years have passed and the fact that they've grown up, it was always going to be a bit different. And I would say if you are kind of in the camp that is saying they're a bit bored with it or they're not really sure what it's about I would just give it a bit more of a chance because I just think you probably need to if you don't like tool fair like not for you but mm-hmm. if you do probably just give it a little bit more time and then uh see what happens I'd say that to you Alice give it okay. a little bit more time right. I'll bring in the CD for you and you can watch the video and <laughs> actually it was a little bit like a sort of secret hypnosis you're kind of watching it being like there could be a secret message in this and yeah, maybe there is. I would is. never know. Maybe that's what they're doing to you. I won't know, though, until <laughs> it becomes apparent somehow. Do you want to take another question? Yes, let's do it. Um, so, and this is our final reader's question. No! Yeah. Um, from Curious Badger. I mean, that's name. a great name. Can we just take a moment? Curious <laughs> Badger. I want to know what he's curious about. Or she. Well, a girl. I can tell you now. Um, what's your what's each of your choices for most underrated or undiscovered bands? Mine personally is Maximum the Hormone from Japan. I think more people need to discover them. Mm, interesting. Uh, oh, it's mad, isn't it? Stuff like this because there's just a whole world so out many, there. and it's just like where do you even start? <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start. Or maybe I should start actually with another Japanese band because that's what Curious Badger was talking about in his example there was this amazing band i went to see last time i was in japan called the wagaki band and i don't even know where to start just please google the wagaki band alice do it right now alice has got a laptop so just google the wagaki band how do i spell it i think it's w-a-g-a-k-i could you put that into google and check that i've got it right so double k is it double K? So yeah. what is it? W A G A K K I bands. Yeah. And they're just amazing. So I heard about this band and um, got in touch and asked if I could go see them when I was in Japan. And they were super, super nice. And I went along with a couple of friends. 
and they are like a band that kind of just mix like rock with and metal with kind of traditional Japanese instrumentation and martial arts. So you just don't know, like, again, it's a surprise. You don't know what is going to happen next. They had um, Japanese-style, like, game show bits in the middle as well. They had this one bit where there was a screen up and you had to, like, cheer loudly and then, like, the screen would show which side of the room had cheered the loudest. And they had a bit where the band would walk through the audience and like throw out sweets to everybody and mm. people had to catch them and there'd be a bit where there was confetti everywhere there was this really weird bit where they just stopped the gig and like the band went backstage with this puppet and the puppet was interviewing people backstage in japanese so we couldn't really understand what was going on it lasted for about 10 minutes and the little puppet was like this little kind of animal thing that was talking to people um and what else they had loads of crazy oh they had like a martial arts demonstration where the band were kind of doing all these poses and routines um it was amazing but i guess i should talk about the music so it's like a fusion of kind of um contemporary rock and metal with um yeah traditional japanese kind of folk music and instrumentation and they had one bit where they had kind of they demonstrated both sides it was a really cool part of the show they had half the band like come on and do um, the traditional stuff like play the traditional instruments and do that side of thing and they had the other half of the band come in and like play the electric guitars and sing and stuff and then um, obviously during the songs everything's fused together and it all just works as one but you're just not quite sure how it's going to sound and the sound is just so interesting and unlike anything that I'd heard before and the energy on stage was absolutely unbelievable as well because there's so many, I can't, I can't quite remember how many members there are, but there are a huge amount of um, people on stage just kind of playing their instruments and just please Google the Wigaki band because they're just absolutely fantastic and I'm sure they're on all the streaming services as well so you can check them out on there and that would probably be my like um, Japanese recommendation because it was just so interesting um, yeah, I've just like trailed off now, just getting too excited, excited by it. But like, <laughs> I just pulled up a promo photo on my phone just to have a quick look, and there's like eight members in the band that I can see. I definitely remember there were like so many people on the stage that it just felt really, really crammed and full. And they were super hospitable as well. Like, um, they really took care of us. And on the way in, they gave us a little snack pack with a, a biscuit in it in case we got hungry. What? And then it's sort of a thing as well, like I think for a lot of Japanese bands where they're so hospitable that afterwards you kind of go backstage and um, chat to the band and you kind of, you know, say congratulations for the show and mm -hmm. they say like, thanks for coming and stuff. And we went back and had a little chat with the Wagaki bands and I was like, oh, I hope someday, you know, we can involve you in Metal Hammer and... Um, I was asking them about the puppet and kind of what it all meant and the conversations and stuff. And there's just so much to dig into there. And at some point, um, hopefully we can uh, hammer kind of dig into that a bit more and sort of have a little look at it because it just felt like there was an awful lot going on. And if you know anything about Japanese music, you probably will have heard of them. So um, and if you don't, then please have a look because it's well worth it. Do you um, have any others uh yeah i guess so i mean probably just stuff again that i've talked about on the podcast there was um bloody wood i talked about a few weeks back from india who were like a new metal indian band definitely check them out uh vola and agent fresco i've gone on about a million times i saw them um at radar again radar festival the progressive music festival a couple of weeks back and they're still just like totally on form um and they're not like unknown or undiscovered or underrated particularly but I really want to see North Lane like at bigger venues because they really deserve to be playing like bigger venues. Their last record, Alien, um, that just came out a couple of weeks back is just incredible. And I just really want to, I just really want them to like get a massive venue and just go and see all those songs on like a big stage because I just think they really deserve it and it'd just be really good. Yeah, that's me. Cool. Yeah. What about you? Well, I like a lot of underground stuff anyway. You do, like, you like really cult stuff, don't you? Like, things that people haven't really heard of or, like, extreme metal. Yeah, so, like, I could go through a 
huge ex- like excessive list of of stuff that I don't think people should like well people keep missing is what I mean do <laughs> I don't it. know why I said it do it I want to hear the list tell me all no about there's probably the like list. way too many but like um like one that I go on and on about is Mork. I love Mork. You do love Mork, but I still haven't listened to Mork, so it's black, <laughs> black metal, right? It's just like old school. Black metal. Norwegian metal, like black metal, yeah. What do you love about them, like when you watch them and stuff? They're just super old school. They're just like, a lot of black metal has kind of like t- like gone away from the original, very raw sounding stuff. It's got quite... Um, symphonic in some cases or just like more of a process like more more sort of technical in a way but this is like taking it right back and it's just old school and it's just really good you kind of just like it because it's just it is what it is and you just enjoy the sound yeah because i like i just like black metal but um so i love mork i love azagram who've been in the magazine yeah we had them in really recently because they're um there's lots of women in the band yeah, they're all all female. Yeah, all female black metal. I didn't want to say all female because it sounds wanky, but I don't know how else you say it. Like, nah. Oh, it's always the problem, isn't it? Because you don't want to be like, oh, it's all women in a band, but it is mm. pretty cool. Also, that it is cool. Are, like, yeah, it is it's all different. women, even though it shouldn't be a thing. There are lots of women in black metal, but there aren't any all female. Well, not many all female black metal bands. Yeah. Tell it, where should we start with Azagram? If you haven't read the amazing piece of Metal Hammer. Where would you start? Yeah. Like what song? Um, oh God. Um, I'm gonna have to look on my Spotify. <laughs> Come on, Alice. Give like, us you could pick up their new album, which is coming out very give soon. Give us these listings. We want the sweet songs that we can put into our streaming service of choice to hear. So their, their new album is out this month, I think believe very soon like next like 10 days i think it's the 13th i think it's out and i i believe that's a friday the 13th so uh fridays so (laughs) um and they've they've actually released um a single from that new album um maybe two singles now actually but if i'd probably just start with that because it's new I've, yeah, I feel like I've slept in it a little bit because I'm aware, like I've read about them and I'm aware of them, but I just haven't really sat down with them. So, yeah, it's just really good. Them. I mean, that their last album um, is all on Spotify, <clears throat> so it's pretty easy to just kind of delve into. Just, just get on Spotify, press play, <laughs> just, just go <laughs> thanks, for it, and just well, absorb and just absorb <laughs> all of the amazing black metalness. That's what I do. I'm just like, oh yeah, just put it on, just random mix actually a band i was listening to before we started doing this was chaka chak from nepal who i've mentioned before as well on the podcast because i went to the silence festival last year in nepal yeah which is happening again actually check out silence festival's facebook page because they've been doing a lot of updates i think they've got testament headlining this year which will be amazing testament in Kathmandu. but um one of the bands i saw last year chaka chak like a really young politically active sort of a band and they sound like rage against the machine mm-hmm. um and they just have the same kind of um, life that they do. Like, I think they've obviously been inspired by them a huge amount and they're sort of singing about injustices. And they've just, like I said before, like when I came back from the festival, they've got an amazing um, fire about them that's really driving them. Like they obviously are really behind the things they're singing about and they really want to get their message out and stuff. So Chaka Chak would be another one that I would say, like, go give them a bit of love because they deserve it. I've got a couple more that aren't black metal. Okay. Sort of. Um, so there's one that I really love and it kind of goes, it's more like folk folk music, but I don't think they get enough love. And especially seeing as like stuff like Wardruna and Heilung and that kind of stuff is quite popular at the moment and people are kind of delving into the folky side of stuff. Um, this is more sort of Celtic-y, but it's called um, The Moon and the Night Spirit and they're really, really cool. And you can just put them on in the background and it's just kind of like, you just feel like, oh, it's a bit magical, you know? It's <laughs> kind of cool. Um, so I'd recommend listening to them if what you're into... I've literally just forgotten again. The Moon and the Night Spirit. The Moon and the Night Spirit. Do you know yeah. where they're from? I think that... 
Um, Sorry, I put you on the spot. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine you doing some kind of witchy ritual. Yeah, while listening to them like. Well, I used to, I used to, I used to actually work in a crystal shop, and we used to play them quite often because they're quite easy to um, like listen to, and also because it sounded very crystally. I feel like now you've revealed the big the Hungarian used to work Hungarian. Okay. Yes. Now I feel like you revealed because you used to work at a crystal shop. Now you yes. have to recommend a crystal that we should what buy. To, like what oh, I can't. You can't just like generally for what? I don't know. <laughs> I, f- I don't know anything about crystals. If I was coming into your crystal shop as a crystal virgin, what crystal would you recommend? Well, me? you can never go wrong with a black tourmaline to ward off negative energy. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it absorbs negative energy from yourself and your surroundings. Ah. Uh-huh. Yes. Should we get like a small crystal or should we get like a whole like lamp or something? I mean, like the more negative you feel you are (laughs) or attract, the bigger you want it. How big is yours? I mean, I have loads of it. (laughs) So much. So much. Um, So, yeah, I would definitely recommend them. And the last one that I'm going to recommend is um, Devil Master. And this is um, a guy that I met in Oslo actually recommended me this. He DJs in the Niven Bar. And um, it's kind of like this blend of like black metal with kind of like 80s synth and stuff. And it's just like so good. Um, And there's, I think they had an album out this year. um, And they're just really, really cool. Wait, I forgot the name of that one as well. Devil Muster. Devil Muster. (laughs) 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 I kind of feel like maybe... They didn't try so hard. With no, the name. It's, I mean, but why wasn't that a thing before? You know. Yeah, I feel like someone should have already called themselves Devil Master. Yeah, but it, you know, someone has now, so that's that's used, that's taken now. Exactly. Devil Master. Yeah, nice. it's really really cool. They're American, um, and yeah, it's kind of like eighties and black metal and kind of punky, and it's just kind of like. Well, if you go on the Facebook, it says twist, raw, twisted, black metal, punk mayhem. But there's a lot of synthwave in there. Like It does actually sound quite 80s calling themselves Devil Master. Maybe it is, there's a reference that I'm not getting here. It sort of reminds me of like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, know, it's got a, like a Dungeons and Dragons thing or something. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely. don't know what I'm talking about here. So Definitely does. It definitely has that vibe. A bit of a ring. And their um, latest album is called Satan Spits on Children of Light. (laughs) (laughs) So you should probably go check that out. I feel like it's a bit anti-black tourmaline. Like, oh no, that's what you would have the black tourmaline for. Because he's being very negative. (laughs) He needs like a big old lump of crystal. Maybe he has plenty of crystals around him. Black absorbs the negativity. But so. he sounds pretty negative if you ask me. Well, you know. Right, get that care package out now. Five black crystals to Devil Master. <laughs> I think that's Just be all the black did. ones. Yeah. Maybe exactly. a rose quartz for some love. Okay. That that works as well. <laughs> oh well, thanks for that, Alice. I feel educated. That is it for the Metal Hammer podcast. But we have something really exciting coming up this week. We are hosting an exclusive Lacuna Coil album playback at the London Dungeon. So we're going to have all that action from that next week. Everything that went down there. And Alice, have you got a gig on this week as well? Um, I have two. Well, I want to make it to one on Friday. And um, so I'm hoping to. But the one on Thursday I'm reviewing. So I have to go. And that's Ouija Dude. I can't say the name. That will be awesome. <laughs> Can you say the Friday one? Is you not want to, Do you want to hold off in case you uh, get sidetracked at our Lacuna Call event? Yeah. Okay. So Just maybe, in case. maybe not. But either way, Hopefully you'll have all it. the action from the Lacuna Coil playback next week uh, and the London Dungeon, which is going to be super, super, mm-hmm. super fun and probably a bit scary. And yeah, all the news and more questions from you guys. Send us your questions. Uh, what's the URL for the questions, Alice? facebook.com forward slash metal hammer readers get on there send us your questions we want to know stuff thanks for listening see you next week see you next week bye